Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis, and I'm the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. And you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite leaders from across the world to join us to get coached live and in person right on the podcast. Today, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you a guest from the UK. Her name is Louise Johnstone. Welcome, Louise. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. I mean, we've been trying to get this going for a few good weeks, and finally we're here. And for, just so that the audience knows, this is our first ever conversation, ever. We've never spoken before in person. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So as I get to know Louise, uh, the audience will get to know you too. So we're excited to get to know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what are you doing? Where are you? What's up? Give us a little... Scoop. So uh, I am in Dundee, Scotland. Okay. I am, my professional employment is as a personal trainer, physical activity specialist. Um, I work predominantly with women um, and just basically help them to achieve their goals, you know, be the best that they can be, achieve the goals that they kind of think are a little bit way out of their comfort zone, if you like. Whatever helps them to, to live the healthiest and fittest life that they can and they want to. Okay. So that's Perfect. me on a, a professional level, if you yes. like. And, and on personally? Personally, I, I run a lot. I like sport, exercise, as a personal trainer would. Um, but, you know, I love being in nature. Um, I take on some challenges for um, kind of fundraising and awareness raising Um strategy if you like so I utilize those as a vehicle to raise conversations um, around um, fundraising topics that I'm working on if you like okay um, I, I want to delve into that in a minute but before we do that just give us a little bit of a setting are you you've been a personal trainer for how long oh goodness what year are we on <laughs> 2020. nobody can forget <laughs> coming up for 12 years 12 years okay uh and just on a personal level married divorce kids anything uh, single. no you're on your own yes i'm single with single. the large cat you've just seen cheeky single with a cat okay and a huge cat okay uh, <laughs> all right so you were alluding to doing some fundraisers Yes. So, and I understand that part of what you want to talk today about is exactly that. How do you make a bigger impact? So tell us about the fundraiser you're working on right now. So the fundraiser I'm working on at the moment is called, or I've named it, hashtag 2021 Run North Sea. Okay. Basically involved... 21 Run North Sea. Yes, all one word. Okay. Got it. Uh, it basically involves me running... 3,455 and a half miles round seven countries. Sorry, sorry, a... sorry. Say that in Canadian English. 3,000 oh. what? So 3,455 miles. Point miles. Point five. Well, the half's important once you've run all the rest of them. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holy smokes. That's a lot of miles. Yeah. Okay. And why this amount? So it's a, it's a pre-existing route, as it were. So the North Sea route, the North Sea route is a cycle route. It's the largest cycle right. route in Europe. 
So basically, that's it's a pre-existing route that I'm using so that I don't get lost, essentially. Okay, good idea. Okay, and how long will it take you to run that amount of miles? I'm going to do it in 100 days. 100 days, wow. And so translate that for me. Are you, Like, you're sleeping every night? And is that in a tent, in a hotel? Like, what does that actually look like? Okay, so the idea being I will start in one, let's say I start at location A. I will run, say, part of the distance, have lunch in a town or a city, and then I will then run on to the final location for the day, which will be B. So we run from A to B. Ideally, I will either sleep. I'm going to carry a bivy bag. So I'll either sleep in the bivy bag, um, so a bit like tent, um, or somebody will be supporting me and they will provide me with a bed or maybe I'll be staying in a and b if I need to. It depends whether it's a rest day or, a, or an active day. So I will take every seventh day will be a rest day. Every seventh day. So you're running every single day for six days. Yeah. And then if we look at the day, how long is the day? What time do you start in the morning? What time do you finish at night? That's going to be completely flexible. So that's basically... It will depend on the day, if you like. So if it's, if the, so for example, if the weather is super hot, I might decide to start earlier. Or if the weather's really rubbish, I might start earlier so I can finish earlier. Or it might be that I push my start back a little bit later. So the start and finish is a bit more uh, flexible. But approximately on any given day, are you running two hours or are you running eight hours? Oh, I'll be running probably. So if you're approximate about, um, four hours for about 20 miles, give or take. And then, so I'll do about four hours in the morning, have lunch, four hours in the afternoon, roughly. Wow. Okay. And have you ever done anything like this before? Um, no. What's the longest amount you've run in any consecutive period of time? So I have run the... Marathon de Sabla, which is 156 miles, 156 miles over six days in the Sahara Desert. Um, And I have run, and then in one go, the most I've run is 95. Wow. Okay. So this is a massive undertaking. Yes. Okay. So what are you going to do? And I know that we're supposed to talk about your challenge, but before we get there, because I'm really just fascinated... What are you going to do to keep your body from breaking? That comes what you do in advance of the actual, you know, the actual event itself. You know, it's, that comes down to your training, to your nutrition, to your recovery strategies that you'll put in place during the event. So a lot of that work has to come in before the event even takes place. Okay. And... I suppose while you're doing it, you still have to do some maintenance, like the sleeping properly, eating properly, you know, making sure you're hydrated and, you know, it would be great to have a massage therapist by your side too while you're at it, right? Well, that would be pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're running for, for a specific cause, for a purpose. Yes. Explain to us your cause. So I want to raise the conversation around mental health, mental okay. well-being. That's okay. the primary cause. Okay. And and why is this your cause? Like, you know, for me, it might be Alzheimer's because my mom had Alzheimer's. Why is this your cause? I personally 
have had kind of like, oh, I guess we could call it a lifelong battle of my own, with my own mental health. Okay. Uh, from depression. In the past, I have had issues with self-harm, um, you know, and suicide ex- experiences and stuff like that. So, but also, you know, I come into contact with people who, who, who utilize exercise and physical activity to manage their stress levels, their mental well-being through exercise, as I just said, and through my clients and through, you know, my work as well. So it's, it's what I experience and what I see on a personal level, but also on a professional level. And then when you look at the world around us, it just reinforces my, my feeling that, that this conversation needs to continue happening. happening. I mean, you know, lockdown and COVID-19 have brought mental illness to so many more people. Oh, and there she is. <laughs> she likes to get in on a video. Um, she loves a video. She's um, a superstar. <laughs> she is. Uh, so, you know, COVID-19 and lockdown have brought mental illness or the experiences of what it's like to suffer a mental illness to masses of the population, to a massive percentage of population worldwide. You know, um, that whole experience of being isolated, of not feeling like you could talk about how you're feeling, of not being able to reach out in person to your friends, um, never knowing what's going to happen today or tomorrow or in fact in the next hour. You know, these are experiences that people with mental illness must overcome on a on a daily and weekly, monthly and lifelong basis. And that's sometimes through sometimes caused by an event or a situation. So it's situational. But often it's also as a result of, you know, um an imba- a chemical imbalance. You know, so it, it it's not necessarily through an external event. You know, so I feel like now more than ever we must continue to raise this conversation and demonstrate that this is a normal conversation to have. So what you're really saying is that exercise, among maybe other tools, is a really powerful way to help people who, ha- who struggle with some form of mental illness to cope a little bit better. Yes. Okay. So, and, and I want to jump into your challenge, but when you were struggling, and perhaps you're still struggling, but managing it better more now, when you were struggling with mental illness, things like, suicidal thoughts or maybe even an attempt how did you bounce back from that how did you recover who was around you what did you do to um, come back from that experience or those thoughts okay um so like just to clarify i i would say i still manage my mental health on an ongoing basis okay Uh, um, it never feels like i'm quite there and it's kind of more of a management strategy that I have in place, which is fine. Um, but it means that I can live the life that I live. So that's okay. So in terms of how did I bounce back? Well, I've learned over the years to be aware of my strategies, of my, sorry, my triggers rather than my strategies. And then when is the best time to, to yeah, utilize the strategies that I have in place? You know, um, I also have a, like a network, if you like, of friends um, who sometimes have to um, say, Louise, have you, you know, are you paying attention here? <laughs> um, you're not noticing things. Um, so, you know, I have mul- a multi-layer effect 
of strategies, if it, as it were. So, you know, right. some some kick in a bit quicker and some take a little bit longer to kick in. But physical and ex- physical activity, exercise, sport have always played a massive part in my mental health from when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be honest, it's not until I started some reflection, you know, looking back over the years, that I actually appreciated that it really did play a massive part, not only on my mental health, but, you know, if I look at it from a skill, um, a self-esteem perspective, you know, it made me feel better about me. Sure. And yes, that's tied in with our mental health, but that then gave me some self-confidence, you know, to push myself in certain scenarios and it bolsters you a lot. So sometimes we don't think about what these, what physical activity or exercise or even sport do for us in terms of it helped my mental health. Sometimes it helps us because it helps us to feel like we have achievement or we can achieve things, you know? Um, so what you're really saying is that uh, exercise not only boosts your immunity and gives you endorphins and all that stuff, but it also has um, a, a larger impact than that, that it makes you feel a little bit more confident, a little bit more... Um, like like we've achieved something so therefore it all together is like a bit of a snowball effect that is really a powerful tool to help us feel better all around about ourselves about life stronger and our our view of the world is a little bit brighter yes okay so let's bring you to today what is your greatest challenge like you're on this podcast to get a little bit of coaching how can i help you today so sometimes the biggest challenge that I face is that people don't necessarily buy into the idea that physical activity or exercise or even this challenge, you know, is worth getting involved in. Okay, so they, there's no buy-in. Your challenge is to get more people to buy in to the idea that exercise is worthwhile. Yes. For the purpose of mental health. Or yes. just period? Well, period, because physical activity, exercise, sport, they all, they can help everybody. Okay. I believe Most. you. I'm 100% bought in, but how do I demonstrate buy-in to you? So when you say they haven't bought in, what is it that you're looking for them to do, to say, to respond um, in order for you to believe they have buy-in? So what I've been trying to do is get more people to engage with the challenge by potentially circulating around, let's say, for example, a school or a business. They can sign up to a, or they can choose to participate in a kind of virtual run North Sea. Okay. So what you're trying to get people to do is join you on the challenge somehow. Yes. Okay. And you want them to do what? Run? They can do any level, any kind of physical activity. So it can be walk, run, cycle, kayak, swim, anything you can measure. Yeah. In terms of uh, distance, for example, like you can use a watch, you can use your phone, you can use. Um, yeah, let's stop at that. <laughs> okay. Steps. <laughs> yes, yeah, steps. That's a great example. Right. Right. You can use anything to contribute to covering a distance over the run over a virtual run nor see it. And you can do that. And the idea is to do it as part of a team. So for example, different year groups may take on different year groups within their school as a bit of a competition. 
Right. And so you're finding that there's resistance to getting people physically engaged. Not even just physically, just to think that this is a good idea to take, even to get people to take it back to their school, their business, their organization. And do you think that the resistance is because of COVID or what do you think the resistance is really about? Uh, I don't think it's COVID. So, for example, some of the statements I've come across is, um, like, some of the statements that I have had back to me have been, I don't think my team, this is right for my team, or I don't think this my team can take this on. So that's a time issue. Time to give it the commitment. Okay. Um. Okay, got it. So you're frustrated. Now, are you also looking for people to fund your project? In other words, sponsors? Yes, but that's a separate strategy. If you, if, if separate it, conversation. It, yes, yes. Okay, so I, I'll tell you something that happened to me as I was listening to your story, and I have been following you just recently. Mm-hmm. So I feel extremely compelled by you. There's something special about you, period, end of story. Something very, very special. And I saw that on some video I watched of you on Facebook a few weeks back, and I'm experiencing it even more now. However, when you tell me that you're going to run 3,000 whatever, whatever miles, I'm like, whoa. You see what I just did? Yeah. I physically moved back because I cannot relate Okay, so, so in other words, you're in another zone, you're on another planet, your goal is so far out of my realm of comprehension that I, uh, I, it's not that I distance myself, but I, that's it, that connection somehow breaks. Okay. So here's the thing, you're looking for people to get involved in the conversation. And I think the conversation is extremely important. But you're trying to tap into something that's perhaps a little bit foreign and uncomfortable for them. So you're going to businesses and saying, hey, I want you to exercise. But that's not what businesses do as a group, right? Unless you're going to an exercise business, right? Mm -hmm. Businesses do what businesses do whatever it is that they do. And so my suggestion is this, is to think about how you might want to get them involved in ways that they're already involved. So what I mean by that is, like, let's say I'm sitting down, right? I'm sitting down, Mm -hmm. I'm watching TV, I'm doing nothing. You're like, okay, let's go, let's run. And I'm like... I'm watching TV, right? Mm -hmm. But if you say to me, hey, I want you to watch a specific show. Well, I'm already watching TV and watching a show isn't a great stretch. It's what I'm already doing. But now I'm engaging in your conversation in a place where I already am. Does that make sense to you at all? Yes. So if I were to engage young people, I might come up with 
a series of strategies. One might be to approach a sports team and say, hey, do you want to engage in sports? If they're playing football, let's put football on the table. But then I also might go to like a business class and say, hey, let's make this a social media project. And can you, you know, what would it look like to make this something you're following on social media? So now they're engaged in the conversation. They're rooting you on. They're looking every day for 100 days to see how you're performing, whether or not you're tired. You're tuning in with them through, I don't know, Facebook Live things. That's meeting them where they are. Because right now what you're trying to do is say, hey, I'm over here 3,000 miles away. Come meet me over here. They're like, no, no, no. I'm sitting on my couch. And what I'm suggesting to you is to go join them on the couch. Yeah. Have the conversation where they are. If kids are on social media, go to social media. Get them involved there. If businesses are really great at, I don't know, if, if, if you're, you know, getting involved in maybe hotels and they're giving you a place to stay for the night, get them involved in the conversation in the way that is easy for them to get involved. And right now, my sense, and I might be completely wrong, is that you're trying to get them involved in ways that are hard for them to do. And that's the feedback you're receiving. So what you've got to do is figure out what's easy for them to do. In your mind, in your Louise mind, you're like, just take a walk, count your steps. But for people who are sitting all day, every day, that's not easy. Yeah. No, no. Does that make sense? So it's not only about getting them involved in exercise, which may be level two, level three, but your goal is to get them involved in the conversation, stage one. So in order for that to happen, you need to get them doing what they're already doing, but with a focus on you. Okay. Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, I can see. So I already had an idea. It was my perspective that was blocking things. I wasn't quite somehow moving. Like I, I was hitting a bit of a barrier myself in terms of how to change this perspective. And you've just hit nail on the head, I think. So, like, so I can see I've been talking at them in my language, whereas actually I need to change the language and I need to change the situation that I present this this challenge or this way, the ways that they can get involved. Exactly. So I don't think anyone out there will disagree with your point of view that physical exercise is really great for mental health and physical health. There's nobody out there in the world who will say, no, you shouldn't exercise. Find me one person. That person doesn't exist, right? So your cause is the right cause, but you must meet people where they are. Yeah. And most people are not running eight hours a day for 100 days, sleeping in a whatever you call it. What did you call it? A bivy bag. I don't even know what that is. So, right? So people aren't there. But, but when they hear about it, it's quite an extraordinary feat that you're undertaking. And so the minute you go, I personally am going to be watching your journey. I'm going to be rooting you on from over here. And I'm going to be telling people, I spoke to her on my podcast. 
I know Louise Johnston, Johnstone, and right. And that's going to create the conversation all the way in Canada. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Much more sense. Yeah. I think I'm trying to run before I can walk as it were. Well, you're good at running. So (laughs) that's excellent. That's like, that makes complete sense to me. So now, yeah, I can totally work with that. I feel like that's a tangible perspective that I can really like take away and, and actually utilize with different people in different situations. Exactly. Now you're going to customize the way that they get involved. Now you're going to get all these different people getting involved the way that they feel great about getting involved. Stage one conversation, maybe stage two is something a little bit more physical. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. I hope that was helpful. (laughs) Absolutely. It's like just, it's like magic. It's like a light bulb. Fantastic. I'm so happy. Um, uh, Louise, it was so great to meet you finally in person uh, after watching you on videos. It was a pleasure. You really are so compelling. I can't wait for you to get this thing going. And please, please, like, make sure we know about it so we can follow you because we are going to all be rooting you on. So exciting. When are you going to start running, by the way? So 1st of May 2021. Okay, great. So we're going to be following you uh, as you do that. Um, for those of you who are listening, if there's a challenge that you want to share on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And if you have a challenge that you're not comfortable sharing on the podcast, please reach out to me anyways. My email address is Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Louise Johnstone from the UK. Thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your challenge. Thank you so much for having me.